Okay, our scoreboard update, President's Cup. And, uh, well, the internationals are on the board after conceding the thir- first three points in the foursomes. So, uh, well done, Aussie Cam Davis. He and Siwoo Kim have won two up. They've beaten Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. Now, the final match of the opening day is tied. They're on 18, in fact, at the moment, between Taylor Pendrith and Mito Pereira for the internationals against the Americans Tony Finau and Max Homer. What do you always think when you <laughs> go, Loz? Tell me. <laughs> no, I just keep thinking Simpson, Homer Simpson. And I said to me be before nickname. about an hour ago, was it? I said, surely his nickname is Simpson. Surely. And then I said, I don't know whether the Yanks would have our sort of sense of humour like that. Surely they would, they wouldn't they? Oh, That'd have to be his nickname. Look, the... Have to be his nickname, Simpson. Yeah. Oh, don't surely. You? Yeah. Surely. Imagine if you went over there and started yelling out Simpson, and they go, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's the obvious. They'd be all over that. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to be. Okay, what's happened here? Oh, no, you're kidding. The Americans have won that on the final hole. Oh, it's a debacle. So they're 4-1 up. So the Americans win the final grouping there. Stay calm, stay calm. (laughs) 4-1 up after day one. Well, that's just frustrating. You're tired and you get to 18, you bottle it. I didn't know you were this into your president's oh, cup. You if had all a punt. the guns were playing. Yeah, you must have had a punt, Yeah, Loss. you've had a punt. No, I haven't, actually. <laughs> You're talking Don't believe me. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> now, what was I doing? Laws, you're telling us the multi again. Yeah, the multi. Rose Hill tomorrow, race five, number 16. Fine point to run top three into race 10, number three. A very fine red to run top four. So thanks to Sticky Wings and our BSB multi. And Dicko, I've got to give a massive rap to Dicko because he does look after us every weekend. That's paying $5.50. $5.50, tab app, tab website. Click How's your support. account, Daly? I haven't still put anything $10. in it. $10.50? No, still $10.50. Okay. going to be a big weekend by the sounds of that. <laughs> oh, I need to put some money in. Well, my last tenner, I'm going to build a bank. Oh, that's what DS says. I told you. Yeah. Isaac Heaney, Norm Smith. No, I'm gonna go, uh, I'll go somewhere today. Um, yeah, tomorrow's a long way to wait. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, in fact, I'll tell you what I've got in there. Hang on. You could, well, the last hour of the program, we're about to preview the AFL Grand Final with Crawf. In the last half hour, we've got Blocker to preview the two NRL prelims. And oh, you're going to tell us? It's $10.59. I'll see you Monday then, Mido. $10.59 in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not ten dollars fifty. Yeah, sorry, ten dollars. Ten dollars what? Fifty nine. Fifty nine. Yeah. Oh, that, that's plenty. That's extra. Uh, don't forget that nine cents. Extra. Yeah, that could be the difference. That's all you need. Well, it's been a grand final week in the AFL that's been tarnished by the disturbing story out of Hawthorne, revealed by ABC journalist Russell Jackson that an external review commissioned by the club into how First Nations players were treated has ended up resulting in Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan standing down pending an independent investigation ordered by the AFL. So they've stood down from their coaching roles there at North Melbourne and Brisbane, respectively, and both have strongly refuted the allegations that were put forward in that ABC report this week. Morning to you, Croft. It's been a week like no other, particularly at your old club. Yeah, a bit happening. Uh, yes, it's been very interesting. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's taken uh, a bit of the focus off the AFL Grand Final, which is going to be incredible, Geelong and Sydney. But um, yes, obviously a bit of work to be done there. So um, yeah, very interesting space. But what I will say, 
I've known Chris Fagan for a long time. I've known Alistair Clarkson and also Jason Bevert, who are the welfare, who was in charge of welfare. And they, you can't get any better people in football, um, not only from mentoring and coaching um, players, but the community stuff they do. So I just think we all just need to settle down a touch. Let the, um, let, you know, the, let it all play out. You know, innocent until proven guilty. Unfortunately, you know, I, I'm really disappointed. I'm really sad that these um, coaches have got to step away and, you know, um, you know, and haven't been able to even defend themselves. So mm-hmm. I, I just think we just need to let it play out. Um, and I'm pretty confident that, um, you know, obviously the clubs all need to work in certain areas and, and fix a few things, but I just don't think it's as dire as um, it's been put out there. So uh, let's just hope we can get on top of it and move forward and let's hope they can continue coaching because I'd just be amazed if that was if there was a lot of truth to everything that's come out. Jeez, Croft, that's that's it's massive allegations, and, and oh, trust me, I, I'm I'm a big believer in innocent until proven guilty. Um, and you make it very clear how you see these two coaches and and your feelings towards them. But to write this, to to have actual quotes, um, if this is not true, then can yeah. you imagine the defamation case? Yeah, and exactly. And these uh, two coaches are obviously going to, you know, they're going to fight it 100% going, no. Mm-hmm. And they've come out and said that that's not the case. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And, look, if you go through and do a report, you know, if, and I could do a report on things that I wasn't happy with, you know, during my time or what could have been fixed, you know, there's always things that can be worked on. Uh, but um, in this case, you know, it's really serious, some of the allegations and, and I'm like, oh, well, hang on. I, I know these people. I know how invested they are in people walking through their door and especially when they're in charge. So it's just, um, yeah, it's a bit mind-blowing. And, and sometimes sometimes you have some disgruntled, you know, players, some players that don't work out, some players that can't get their careers off the ground, some players that never play any games. And, um, you know, and... You know, you've got to listen to everyone because everyone needs to have a voice. But we're also got to get to the bottom of, you know, how strong are these sources. And then on top of that, you've got to have a, an independent review to make sure that they can get to the bottom of it and work out whether or not, you know, these people who've been thrown up are guilty of, you know, um, you know, just doing what was uh, what was said, or, or you know, do we then? But the problem is mud sticks. So mm. all of a sudden we're saying these guys are guilty. And um, I, I just think that's really unfair, um, you know, especially the way it's sort of been played out. Um, they didn't even get a chance to be interviewed or defend themselves. And then um, and now it gets played out through the media. And mm. unfortunately everyone just thinks, wow, what's happened there? What have they done? This is a disgrace. When mm. these people aren't disgraced. Disgraces. They're, they're wonderful people. Um, you know, you only look at. I, I can like. There's even talk of oh, you know trying to pull players away from families and so forth. I remember Cyril Rioli going into a um, into the finals and Alistair Clarkson coming to the leadership group and saying, "I'm going to send Cyril home to Darwin to be around his family." So I'm like, oh, "Hang on, it's the absolute opposite of what I've known." <laughs> 
and what I've yeah. seen in the past. So, um, yeah, it's I just hope the AFL can really get onto the review as quickly as possible, and we can we can put to bed a lot of the questioning. And um, but as I said before, I said everyone needs to be heard, everyone needs to be listened to, but then they've got to get to the bottom and make sure they can work out what's absolute truth and what's not. Move forward to tomorrow, though, Croft. Great grand final. It's shaping to be Geelong and Sydney. How do you see it playing out? Well, I'm so pumped for Sydney to be in there. Um, even though they fell across the line, they played safe in that last quarter against Collingwood. But uh, it's great to see them. And a dangerous team. When you got such a blend of these young kids, and a lot of them, you know, grown up, you know, through the Sydney Swans Academy and so forth. So it wouldn't daunt them in the slightest. It's just like, yeah, just let's play footy. That's what we've done and away we go. So I'm really excited to see what pressure they bring. That's where Sydney are going to definitely be able to try and bring Geelong undone. And then you got the Cats. The Cats have just been clinical. Um, and they, you know, they're just a well-oiled machine. Uh, defensively, they set up well. They've added more run into their side and Oh, it's just set to be an absolute beauty. So, um, yeah, really looking looking forward to that. There's a few question marks. Obviously, Sam Reid for the Swans is a super important player, um, and I really hope they can get him up and playing because he certainly helps out through the ruck and in the forward line. And then uh, Max Holmes, who uh, hurt his hamstring. They're saying that he's a chance, but deep down, I don't think so. Uh, but he's he's one player I would probably stop um, I'd put a, a hard run with on him because he's such a link player. He doesn't get the ball 30 times, but he might have it 15 to 20. But what he does, he does so much unrewarded running, which really opens up defences and, and spreads uh, the opposition a bit. So um, he, he's a really, really important player. I, I reckon he's probably one of the most important players. So that's a massive out for them if he comes out of that team. There's always hard luck stories leading into a grand final. What about young Logan McDonald from the Swans being axed? I mean, he hasn't had a, a massive influence in the finals, but were you surprised that he never made the, the squad or the team? Yeah, well, he... Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's over yet. I think he's an emergency. And um, obviously the Sam Reid situation will play out. So they'll obviously give him every chance um, to... To be out there, but do you think he'll uh, play Croft? Well, wouldn't surprise me because he's a hard worker. Um, when Buddy is being double teamed, and this is a week where Buddy Franklin, he can't be the best player. Um, you don't want him to be the best player because what you want him to do is you want him to start well. And if I was coaching, I'd go, okay, get the ball through Buddy early to you know let the opposition think he's on. And then you've got to ask him to play a sacrificial game and, and really try and open up the forward line, allow some of the midfielders to come into those holes and hopefully get Geelong, you know, trying to double-team him, you know. So then all of a sudden it allows a spare and, um, you know, the focus goes on him for a little while and then hopefully that'll help resulting in a few goals through other players. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see the way it all unfolds. I uh, can't wait. You've got Papali, Tom Papali, who's up and about. He's, he's the Energizer bunny for that side. Um, and you've got Isaac Heaney, who's absolute superstar. Mm. Uh, and then you've got Keller Mills. So, um, And then you look at Geelong. Geelong have put Paddy Dangerfield on ice throughout the season. They've rested Joel Selwood at times, a lot of their older players. And it's like they've just said, OK, Thor out. 
get yourself ready for the finals. This is it. We're all in. So, um, yeah, it's been perfect preparation from Geelong's point of view and uh, from Sydney's point of view. I've loved the, the progress throughout the year of all their young kids just believing in themselves as AFL footballers. And now, you know, they can put um, cream on top of the cake by actually winning the flag, which would just be sensational. But they're going to have their work cut out. We know they're a mm. precious team. We know they're going to, you know, try and force the cats to make a lot of mistakes. But the cats, the cats don't make a lot of mistakes. So um, this is where it's going to be fascinating. I don't think it's going to be a big um, scoreline. You know, we might have one of those Sydney West Coast Grand Finals from many years ago where it's just, it's just an arm wrestle the whole match. So I think both both teams and both uh, team supporters are all going to be on the edge of their seat and uh, we won't know the winner until the very final siren because of how close it's going to be, I think. Croft, does the, what, what is the forecast and does the weather play a part and does the style of footy these two teams play, does the MCG favour one of them more so than the other? Yeah, well... You want me to give you a weather report in Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Weather report coming into all those crucial matches at the MCG. Yeah, you go. Yeah, no, it's going to be good weather, and then all of a sudden, hail, snows. Rain, uh, all seasons in one day. But yeah, I take I take that question back, mate. <laughs> no, no, it's meant to be a little bit rainy and so forth, but that just means I think that suits Sydney. So that's a, a tick. But then yeah, again, okay. you know, Geelong play down in Geelong. Um, they don't have a roof over there, so they're used to playing in, in wet conditions, so it won't bother them too much. And then, look, the MC, uh, the, the MCG, the Swans, you know, they've been Melbourne there a couple of times, I think, this year, and it's, you know, that, I think they'll enjoy it because it's a big open space and they've got lots of run in their team. And then, and then you've got Geelong, who you'd think the MCG, like, they've got a good record there, but you'd think, oh, hang on, you know, it's not as as big as an advantage as playing at home um, where they play most of their matches. So, um, but they still play it really well. And, and one thing they really do in their forward line is they isolate their really good players like Tom Hawkins and, and Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron, for me, is like, I think he's the best player in the competition. And he, he's, yeah, I, I don't know what you're going to do about him because <laughs> he is just on another level at the moment with his run and carry. Um, and he gets up the field. He loses his opponent up the field because he's got an amazing engine. He's a beautiful kick of the footy through the middle of the ground, and when he kicks the ball inside 50, and then somehow he's on the end of the ball um, having a shot for goal, you know, ends up with three, four, five goals every week. So he, he's, I don't know how we stop him, um, and they're going to have to have a real team approach about blocking his space and not allowing him to to go where he wants to go and allowing him onto the side of his body that he likes going all the time. So that that's I'm sure they're putting a lot of work into that. Um, maybe they just need someone to try and run through him early and um, and soften him up a bit. And maybe a corky to the thigh. Uh, probably the only way to slow him up at the moment. Okay, with the betting, so it's well, I mean, two thirds of the money's for Geelong, and this week they've trimmed in from a dollar fifty-five to a dollar forty-eight with tabs. Sydney have been two forty-five out to two sixty-five. The line is thirteen and a half. Patrick Dangerfield overwhelmingly best back to win the Norm Smith. He's been seventy to six dollars fifty. Jeremy Cameron at nine. Callum Mills at ten. Luke Parker eleven. Tom Stewart popular at twelve. Cam Guthrie thirteen. Who wins? Give us a margin. Give us a Norm Smith medalist, Croft. 
Well, Sydney, Sydney will do a job on uh, Tom Stewart. Um, so he, he's a wonderful player. He, he'll still get plenty of the footy, but he won't be running his own race, I can assure you. So I'm happy to take him out of it. And then I think the forward lines, I just don't think the forward lines are going to kick massive goals just because they're both pretty defensively minded. So you've got to go a midfielder for the Norm Smith medal. Um, you know, there's someone who's going to get plenty of the footy. So, you know, Keller Mills, who, who polled really well in the Brownlow, um, he's going to be, you know, in the middle. He's going to be doing all the work. So from a Sydney point of view, someone like that. Um, and then, yeah, Paddy Dangerfield, um, you know, he's he's in on fire last week. Um, he's just charging through the middle. Uh, but I, I think you need to you concentrate maybe on the midfielders, Um you know, that can give you 20, 25 and maybe sneak forward and kick a goal. That might be enough to get the Norse middle in this game. So uh, I'm happy to sort of go one or the other. And then, um, you know, as I said before, I think Jeremy Cameron's the best player in the competition. He does get up the field, so he'll still probably give you 20 touches, but he might be able to sneak two or three. But I'd probably concentrate more on the midfielders. And then um, I think... Geelong have had the perfect preparation. They've had a Bart Cummings preparation where they've just, everything's gone perfectly. They've rested the older players. They've brought in a new um, a new bunch of youngsters who create great run. And, uh, you know, it's a different looking Geelong uh, game, especially the way they take the ball game on. And um, so you'd be thinking if you really had to, Put your life on the line. You'd probably go. Oh, well, I'll go with Geelong just because I know, you know, they've got the runs on the board. They've been such a consistent team for such a long time. But beware of the young swans, the young, energised, very enthusiastic. And they had a great prelim. Like a close prelims, normally you come on from that because you've had a break. Then you come out, you have a close game. You sort of can peak yourself that second game up. Whereas Geelong had that game won really early um, against the Lions. Lions were extremely disappointing. So, yes, I'd lean towards Geelong, but I think the Swans, I think the Swans can almost do it. Hope you're right, Crawford. Enjoy the grand final, mate. Thanks so much. No worries. See you later, bye. Uh, now, a question on the text line just earlier. Where do you find footy tab and pick the score, etc., on the new tab app? So when you click on sports down the bottom, and that, well, it's called a carousel up the top of the sports page, just flick to the end and you'll see NRL footy tab. So go to sports on the tab app and uh, up the top where you can uh, scroll across, just scroll across to NRL footy tab. There it'll be. Now, we've been chatting about the Sticky Wings and Smoky BBQ VIP experience at this year's Bathurst 1000. It's a serious bucket list type of opportunity. You get a full weekend of hospitality packages, a grid walk, track lap and accommodation as well. And on the phone, right now, we got the winner. Ryan, congratulations and good morning. Good morning, people. Mate, you've done it. You've won it. That's awesome. Where are you from? Uh, Up Hunter. Well, you, you're, you're going to Bathurst for the 1,000. You're getting all the bells and whistles. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you, team. Thank you, Sticky and Smokey. Who are you going to take, Rhino? 
Oh, probably. I'll better check with the wife, but if not. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino, how are you going to take on Bathus? What's your plan of attack? Um, drink lots of beer, I think. Go hard early, boy. Go hard early. I think so. Have you done Bathus before? <laughs> yes, mate. Years and years and years ago when I was a kid. And what about yourself, mate? What do you do for work? Where do you, oh, you told us where you live, but what do you do for work? I'm a rigger, rigger in the mines there, mate. Oh, beautiful. And uh, who wins the footy this weekend? Who's going to the GF? Mate, let's hope it's the mighty para. You're an Eels man. Oh, hot oh mate, it's been many years. Oh, that's even better. Hopefully it's year. Oh, mate, it could be your year, by the way. <laughs> Eels, GF, all up, Bathurst. <laughs> Money can't buy experience. Happy days. This is it, mate. This is good news Friday. We love it. Well, congratulations. You've done good. And you've got a great weekend in prospect, not just this weekend, but especially Bathurst. Yeah, mate. Thank you, guys. Day one, President's Cup, and the Americans up 4-1 after the opening day foursomes. The only uh, international team to win was Cam Davis and Siwoo Kim, 1-2 up against Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. The Socceroos 1-0 over New Zealand last night in that friendly at Suncorp, and uh, the Opals beaten by France 70-57 to in their World Cup opener. <laughs> in the basketball, and the Sticky Wings multi is uh, very popular this morning, and as Loz gets ready to give us that, just Dean Lester's best bets tonight at Mooney Valley again. He likes, in race four, number four, Tijuana, which is a $2.70 chance with tap. He also likes race eight, number one, and that is Kiss on All Four Cheeks. Mm. <laughs> Me likey. Now, what's happened to that market? Where'd that go? And that's uh, a $2 chance with tap. But his best value play was in the first at the Valley tonight. And that is race one, number 12, Oceans Above. And that is $21 the win, $5 the place. And Loz the multi, courtesy of Sticky Wings. Yeah, Rose Hill tomorrow, race five, number 16, fine point to run top three. And then race 10, number three. A very fine red. Top four finish, Mido. And if you want to be a part of that, our great mates from Sticky Wings and the BSB Multi will be paying $5.50. Thank you, Dicko, as well. And joining us for the last half hour of the show as we preview the two preliminary finals, the Cowboys and the Eels, the Penrith Panthers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Balmain great Steve Blocker-Roach, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. A uh, little bit of a sleep in this morning. I don't know myself at the moment. How good is it? Are you out of whack? I beg your pardon? Are you out of whack? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm off centre most of the time. What are you talking about? Uh, first week of the semi-finals, unbelievable footy. Last week, mm. I, th- I thought the, uh, the Sharks-South game was a little bit uh, tame. I thought it was, uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, I don't mm. know. They didn't really go at it, and I was very no. disappointed the way that the show went out. They were just too good, weren't they? Back the to back, yeah. Souths were just too good. Although, they made a lot of errors with the ball. Yeah, that's right. The and Sharkies were just flat coming off that first weekend game. Mate, very the flat, finals. weren't they? I mean, it's a, it's a funny way to end the season after you had a great season. First season for, for Craig Fitzgibbon, obviously, and, mate, he got his boys up week in and week out. But, gee, it was mild and meek. But I reckon this weekend... <clears throat> With a couple of rested teams and a couple of teams in form, I reckon we're going to see some uh, some wonderful football. Those. Are you confident with your selection tonight, Blocker, or are you a bit like me? I've mm. chopped and changed all week. I haven't chopped and changed, but I've questioned myself and, and asked myself why I think 
I, I think I think the Eels will win. Uh, just on the well, the, my biggest the, the only reason I chop and change is my biggest reason is what Parramatta side is going to turn up now. If the if the side turns up like they did last week, I think I think they'll beat the Cowboys yeah. on their home ground. Um, I was going to talk to you about preparation and all that sort of stuff. Gee, there's been a lot of talk about that. I mean, as a player, you know, in any sport, I suppose you've got to get all that sort of stuff out of your head and just prepare like you normally do. Anyway, mm. it's it's another game. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it is. the The issue though is, and I know the playing group and the coaches will try not to mention it too much. The heat factor. Yeah. But when you run out, you can't help but feel it mm. when you're not used to the humidity. Well, it was complete opposite when you guys, Loz, when I first started playing in at Canberra at Seaford, Seaford Oval. Canberra, the cheating mongrels, <laughs> would put the heaters on in our dressing room and it'd be like, like minus two or something like that to run out. And you'd run in and you'd go. Who would organise that? It's was? freezing. Who put the heaters on, on in the oh, to try and make it as warm as possible in the dressing <laughs> shed? And then when, the, you know, they felt comfortable, but then when they ran out, <laughs> it, ran, it was freezing. freezing. My fingers nearly dropped Which off. rat bag internally? I, 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 would, I wouldn't have a clue who, who used to do <laughs> well, it. Well, whoever did it is a genius. <laughs> used to do a good Because we very rarely beat you down there. <laughs> but it is the same, isn't it? You go to Canberra, play in the middle of winter, oh, it's mate. different to playing in Sydney. You go to Townsville this time of year, mm. it's different to playing in Sydney. Well, and we, the humidity. We saw so Wally, Wally on Brecky TV. He just was sweating up a fruit. How Who, Wally Lewis? hot did it look? Oh, this Wally. was at 7 o'clock this morning. Yeah, yeah, was it? Telly. He might have had a big night out the night what before. What are you talking about? Wally didn't sweat in the middle of Origin. He's not sweating now. That no, was more this. The, the, it looked just, hot. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot. <laughs> that, so, I, I, look, for me, if Parramatta um, don't turn the ball over, hmm. I, I, I think they win. And I think, though, if the Cowboys keep it in play, play a fast game, sideline to sideline, um, they can trouble Parramatta because I think their big boys will, yeah, will feel it. Yeah, they're mobile, aren't they? Yeah, but if the they Cowboys. can get a fair pair of, fair of possession or share of possession, I should say, yeah, is and, it, and, and yeah. create that offload yeah. and it sticks, yeah. I, I think they should win. Is it the sort of game that you want to go into having a week off when you had 30 put on you? I know they won the game against the Sharks down there. But there was thirty points. Yeah. Defensively, they've been great all year. Um, the other thing too, they've only they've only lost one game up there this year. Mm. So, mate, they'll be they'll be full of confidence, no doubt about that. But I just I just should have been two. Yeah, Tigers. Oh, mighty Tigers. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that's just another Tigers story for another year. <laughs> the Tigers. Uh, anyway, I should be right. So, you, so you're, a you're a Parramatta. You're a Parramatta man. Well, you know, you know. A couple of things. A couple of things. Like I got, I got asked who was going to be my danger man uh, in the semi-finals, and and not one of the not. You had to pick someone who um, wasn't one of the big superstars and who was going to have an impact on the semi-finals. And, and and I said Dylan Brown. I'm going to go for Dylan Brown. You know, just with the season that he had. Now in week one of the semis, he was poor against uh, Penrith. Last week he was outstanding. The connection between him and Mitch Moses was unbelievable last week. But the bloke I want to give the biggest rap to is Sean Lane. Uh, week one of the semifinals, he was a little bit quiet. I'll tell you what I did like last week, Loz, and I've never seen him do it before, how aggressive he played. And he, mate, he put his hand up and he wanted to, oh. you know, he wanted to rip in and his defence was outstanding. He was first down there on the kick chase and he, he played with a little bit of mongrel, something that, I've, that I haven't seen from him. So, mate, I reckon, uh, I reckon he's going to be a standout in, you know, if, if Parramatta win this one. In this one and in the grand final, so he's a, an X Factor player. 
Um, mate, they've got them all over the park, haven't they? But as I said before, it it's depends on depends on the eel side that's going to turn up. But if this, if the same team turns up that did last week, you know, and played so well, and they mate, geez, they uh, created some opportunities. If they can do that, I you know, I, I think. I think they'll be too good for the Cowboys. It's going to be a great battle in the middle. Mm. I was so impressed with Jason Taumalolo's performance against the Sharks. He got better as the game went on. Mm. And he's just got great speed and footwork for a big man. Yeah. And he's just hard to contain. And mm. when you look at this forward pack of the Cowboys, it, it, it can certainly match the power of the Parramatta side. You've got McLean mm. and Cotter. And Cotter was outstanding in his origin debut. Reese Robson was on the verge of playing for New South Wales. Then you've got the back row of Gilbert and Nenai and Taumalolo. So they've, mm. they've got some power. They've got some agility there yeah. and speed. Um, uh, and you've got the experience of Chad Townsend, um, the X factor of Scotty Drinkwater. I, I think they've got points in them, the Cowboys. But yep. th- And you mentioned their defence. But their defence over the last, last 10 weeks, I reckon, has been a bit iffy. Mm. Cronulla, uh, 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 the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Tom Malolo, um, it's a it's a great side when he's been so dominant for so long, and they don't. I know they depend on him, but they don't depend on him like they used to. Mm. So you know, you, you know, got blokes like Nano, Nanai, and and Gilbert, and all Cotter, and all those guys. They've really lifted the standard. Now, uh, if you have a look at that semi final against the Sharks, the Tom Malolo try uh, that really uh, put him in front in that game, and and well. Eventually got him home. It was a one-off play where, you know, 10 metres from the line, he just exploded. Do you remember yeah. that? He got one-on-one and just exploded. That's the sort of th- the stuff that he can do if, if the scoreline is, is close. He's a match winner, but they don't depend on him like they used to. So, yeah, mate, it's a, it is a toss of the coin. I, I can understand, you know, how you've been tossing and turning and thinking about who's going to win this game. I, I think the other one for mine is a little bit easier to pick. But, if I if, you know, if I had to put him on the line... I, I'm going to go the Eels. Yeah, I, I'm Eels because I'm expecting them to bring their best. Yeah, I, I just know that their best is good enough to beat anyone, but they've been inconsistent with it, and you, you're unsure mm. playing away from home. But I'm, I'm going to trust what I've been saying all year about their ability to play that second phase football that brings the best out in Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses. And if they can start well and back their judgment and back their game, I think they can get away with it. Pup? Eels? Yeah, I'm uh, tipping the Cowboys. I want the Eels to win. Uh, the market, by the way, just recapping that with Tab. North Queensland, $1.68. Parramatta, $2.20. Line, three and a half. Power of the plus. And just uh, from last night to this morning, the Cowboys in a touch. $1.72 into $1.68. The Eels have been two fifteen back to two dollars twenty, and that is despite almost sixty percent of the money being for Parramatta. So that tells me that uh, the traders and uh, all their figures and formulas they have, they like the Cowboys and are happy to lay the Eels. Uh, we'll take a quick break. In fact, uh, just before we take a break and preview the other prelim, how about this for rat bag behaviour on the text line? An old captain coach at the Cooma Stallions used to flood the away dressing sheds so the opposition would have to get changed outside, absolutely freezing in the middle of winter in Cooma. Well, I'm, yeah, that, that would be freezing. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the Newcastle Knights now too. Their away dressing rooms 
were very often flooded. They were always wet, weren't or, they? <laughs> you couldn't. Do you know? You know the worst thing about a wet dressing room. I'll tell you, is when you when you put your when you're putting your boots on and all that sort of stuff. Right. If you happen oh, to the socks, yeah. Mm. yeah, spongy, wet socks, worst, terrible. Remember, the, remember, they used to have the showers. Basically, when you walked in the door, they're all lined up. The showers, and then you, you go the into the room. Where, yeah, you had the room where you got strapped, and then you walk out of that. So you'd walk out with your strapping, mm. and you'd walk through the water. Yeah, and then you'd go into the room, and that'd be all wet. Do you know? I can see a little. Small. I can see a young Joey Johns snickering. <laughs> And putting like fire, fire hydrants and everything and <laughs> filling up dressing room. I, I can see him doing that as a young fella. Yeah, got Joey written all over. Hasn't it? it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a rascal. A little rascal. <laughs> a little rat bag. With footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments. Whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you, unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furfie. Grab a case to share with your mates this footy finals. Talking about furfies, Blocker, you know when you're having a drink, everyone's got one. A mate that tells a lot of furfies. Oh, mate, I stretch, <laughs> Have you got a, one? I stretch the truth a little bit myself. Are you the best in your group? Probably not. No. There's, there's, a, there's, 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 a few, there's a few gold chainers. Yeah. The gold chain gets passed around a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and they just tell lie after lie. And, and you, you know, let them go. You know they're telling a lie. Yeah. But they actually believe that their lie is true. I think Benny's was the best that I ever heard. Like, we were talking, he was talking to some real estate, you know this one yeah. was. They were talking to some real estate people one day and, you know, he said, uh, the bloke said, oh, mate, you know, we, we generally do five-by-five five deals, five-by-five uh, five year deals like that. And then he goes, oh, well, mate, I, I generally work on five-by-five-by-five. By five by five. And I said, <laughs> I said, I got a black cat and you've got a bloody black panther, haven't you? Five-by-five-by-five. <laughs> five five by five. You remember that one? Oh, the great PE. <laughs> the great PE. <laughs> Funny. Tomorrow night, Penrith $1.38 with Tab South, $3.10 line, eight and a half South, the plus. Is there anyone tipping South, basically? Uh, no I, one's tipping South. I think, that's, I, I think that's the problem. I think, you know, South will be a lot better than what a lot of people think. But, mate, they're sitting back smoking a cigar. The Panthers, I think. I, I think they'll win, they'll win this game and win it pretty well. I, I, I worry about the injury to Joy Arrow. I don't know whether he can, he can uh, come back as quick. I know he's going to play in this game. He's been named in the team. Um, mate, that... They'll be fresh. I mean, you know, the question on Nathan Cleary when he had five weeks off and then come back in that semi-final and just blew him away, I, I think it'll be a carbon copy of that. It'll be exactly the same. Um, Lachlan Lilius, the, the halfback for South Sydney, he's had a wonderful season. Uh, but I think kick-out, he'll be marking kick-out. And I reckon I reckon Cleary will be saying, well, Cleary will be saying to him, Mate, let's charge at him. If he's caught three in, mate, you've you got to run over the top of him. Don't worry about passing and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I, you know, I think they've been up for the for the last couple of weeks, haven't they, the Rabbitohs? I don't know whether they can um, match the enthusiasm and the fitness and the and the pre- preparation of the of the Panthers side. And, mate, I, I mean, this one for mine is, uh, is probably, you know, I hate to write off a team that's made themselves all the way to the prelim final one game away from the grand final in, in South. But, mate, this Panthers side, they are primed. They're, they're ready. Mm. Lots. how does South upset oh, Penrith? It, it comes with energy for 80 minutes. They've got to have energy. I don't know how much they've got left in their tank. Mm. 
I, I think Penrith are vulnerable in this game. But I don't know whether Souths have the ability to apply pressure for the full 80. I think the fact that they haven't played a lot of football can work against them, but you need a team that is going to bustle hard. Yeah, They're going to have to, to be in the face of Penrith's forwards. Their line speed is going to have to be so aggressive. They're going to have to work hard from the inside, putting pressure on Cleary uh, and Jerome uh, Luai. Um, they're going to have to you know, make sure that Isaiah Yo is, is well contained and when he runs to the line, Jamie's, you know, Short pass, second uh, that that second pass option, shut it down. Can they do it for for eighty minutes? Because Penrith, you know, they've what two games. This is two games. They they rested a lot of their stars the week, uh, the last week of the competition. So they can be a bit rusty. Mm. I know they got into their flow early. I expected that against Parramatta, but this is the game where I thought they could be a little bit vulnerable. And if Penrith come up, if Penrith come out of the block, start well. There's not a lot of pressure on them. Cleary gets into his kicking game. They find their rhythm. Pen, Penrith win. Uh, but if Souths can upset them early, mm. force them into error, put them on the back foot, get a bit of scoreboard pressure on them, Penrith feel vulnerable. It's not a, This is not the way the script was written for us. We were supposed to be in front. We were supposed to be on top. We were supposed to be getting our set pieces on. I, I think Souths are capable. Um, but Par- uh, Penrith, for me, have been the best side. I don't know how much energy South have got left in mm. them. I think they can go for 60. I don't know about the full you eight. Know, you know the other thing about South, and, and look, I hate saying it because they've had a magnificent season. They're one, As I said, they're one game away from the grand final, but you've got to be a realist. I, 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 look, I, I think the Rabbitohs are at their best when it's a stop-start game. They like to slow it down, stop-start. Mm. Penrith play that style up-tempo, and they're always at you. I mean, the Panthers are the best side in the competition for mine. They, you know, you've got six tackles in the set. They have a go at you three times in that set. So, mate, you get your legs run off you. Um, you know, they've done magnificently well, the Rabbitohs, and I, I applaud them. I like their coach. I like their team. I like, a, a, you know, mm. I like what they're about, but I, I, I just think the Panthers will be too good. They've got the attack in themselves. That's the thing. But can they do it for a long, sustained mm. period? We've seen earlier this season they'd have moments of brilliance, 15 minutes where they can put three tries on the board. So they've got it there. But this is going to take a, an 80-minute effort, I think, Los- if they're going to beat Penrith. I'll talk about the Kangaroos at the end of the year, the World Cup. Uh, Bolter for the for the Kangaroos. Campbell Graham. Would you pick him in your I, 24? I think he's a very good, good chance player. of making it. He's a good player. He's a, he's a good player. Very good player, can play on the wing, can play in the centres. Uh, he's tough, um, and he's someone that has been an underrated player, but is now starting to get the recognition that he deserves. The other thing, the other thing about the bunnies too, and this isn't a knock on them. As I said, they've done great to get there. I just look at you know teams that are worn out during the season. Have a look at their bench. Their bench doesn't strike fear uh, into me from the South Sydney side, and it's not a knock on the players. Just it's just the personnel that you got available. When you have a look at their bench, you know I think the Panthers are a lot stronger. Yeah, it's going to Penrith. For me, it's there's to lose, and and they lose if Souths have an eighty minute sustained effort of just high energy and putting as much pressure on Penrith as they possibly can, force them into error. Uh, we've seen some of their players in big games crack. 
Um, and But you've got to be relentless with it. And have they got the energy in their tank to do it? Pup? Panthers? Panthers all around. Ooh. Luke Marlowe, we're head of Racing HQ. Marlowe, morning to you. Who plays in the grand final? Oh, I just heard Dave. I just heard him. <laughs> Marlowe, we got you. I'm here, guys. Morning. Really? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, good, Dave. Can you tell? Can you tell DS you just heard him? He's in the background. He's there. He's there. But uh, we're just having a few tech issues, guys. How how are we going this morning? Yeah, outstanding. Yeah, we we're just getting your tip for the grand final. Who plays? Um, gee, I reckon Penrith and the Cowboys. Yeah, That's I'm with I you. Think. I'm with you, Marlo. That's I want Parramatta to make it, but yeah. I think the yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys eh? pipped them in a thriller. Yeah. I just think up there is a big advantage, guys. You know, the Queenslanders will get behind them. I mean, even if you're a Broncos supporter or a Titans supporter, you change your spots uh, for this period of time when your team's out, whereas the Sydney teams, you all want to chew each other up, don't you? Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, the Queensland way. Queensland spirit. What I'd give to be a Queenslander. Unfortunately, the fans don't play. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, man. That is true. But they'll get behind them, won't they, Block? You know what? You would have played in front of some vocal Queenslanders. Mate, I never never heard any of the crowd. Mate, I'm a Tigers supporter. I'm getting behind Para to kick their butt. So what are you talking about? Okay, well, there you go, Clarkie. Maybe you, ch- you can change there my you opinion. Go, maybe. I was too there worried in, in Origins and not worrying about Mal hitting me with that big telegraph pole thing on his arm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Mal, he, he was, I thought you were going to say something else then, Block. <laughs> good weekend of racing coming up too. This Golden Rose, boys. Um, could be a girl this year to win the race. Uh, we haven't had a Philly win it since 2008. And uh, the favourite in secret... She's set to defy a bit of history. So we'll talk about that this morning on the Punters panel. We've got a, a great panel. DS will be along. Chris Roots, Glenn Munsey, all a part of the Punters panel and myself this morning, guys. So we're pumped up to talk Rose Hill. Have you got uh, a tip or great mail anywhere? We'll take it anywhere, Marlowe. Is there something you, you really like? Yeah, do you know what? Um, I'll, I've had a bet at Goulburn today, guys. Race six, number five, Sellis. Godolphin <laughs> Resumer. Sellis. Sell us. That's its name, Clarky. That's its name. Like it. Not like sell it. us. It's S E L O U S. Oh, well, thanks for that, Grammar Police. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure spell check worked. They're not selling it, mate. It's probably a five hundred thousand dollar wow. yearling. Gets a win. Gets a win up. They might. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything's so for sale at the right price, buddy. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Two dollars uh, eighty, by the way, for our listeners. Race six, number five. Sell us. Two dollars eighty with tab. Have something on it, Mido. And uh, I forgot our calendar as well. He's part of the panel as well, as well today, guys. So we can't Richie. lose a big fella. And we get a word in. Well. Yeah, well, that's the problem. <laughs> Marlo, we'll catch you shortly from Huge Racing HQ. Such great racing coming up over the weekend. Thanks so much, mate. And Blocker, thank you for uh, coming in for the end of the show today. Not a problem. And we'll catch no, you. I like that. It was good. No, it, was, it was easy. I just got in my car, turned it on, and I got here. Beautiful. Lock, Loz, Pup, all our listeners. See you guys. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. What a great weekend it's going to be. See you Monday morning.